This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you v- say tires? Vive Clouteau. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. This is the center of the city. Now here's late night drunk diner Luke Anderson and neurotic sociopath Will Darkins. On 1080, The Fan. Hey, 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 happy Saturday morning, everyone. Buddy. Should I have done everybody? I liked everyone. I did like everyone because it feels like you're talking right to the listener. It, you know, it's about the individual about you it's about you in your car listening right now on your way to the liquor store to get your bottle of vodka that you're going to drink by about noon and pass out because you, you do sir have a nasty wine hangover and the only thing to get rid of a nasty wine hangover is more alcohol now i know that yeah. we're trying to be funny but that is actually serious <laughs> that's serious back when i was drinking i i got really kind of into the whole thing of i'm just going to down a whole bottle of wine and go nuts go out on the town the next morning Having a beer really helped. Yeah. Hair of the dog is what they call that. Yes. Hair of the dog, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Does It certainly doesn't hurt. And there's a lot of people that are probably nursing hangovers this morning because I don't think last night went the way that Blazers fans wanted it to. Yeah, it was sad drinking. Sad drink. Yes, yeah, sad drinking, which I think is the worst of the hangovers. Because the fun hangovers where you wake up and you're trying to piece things together going, last night was awesome. What exactly happened? Oh, my gosh. Denny threw up the nachos. I don't remember that at all. Oh, you don't remember that? He threw them up all over the front seat of your Bronco. Did he really? Uh, Denny. Ah! Oh, Denny's that guy. No, last night was sad drinking for Portland. Yeah. But I don't know why. I don't know why. Here's what the Blazers did for you. Portland, Rose City, PDX. They're going to win on their home court. They're going to wrap up the series here at home. You're welcome. Might not want to speak too soon on that. Why not? I don't know. I'm There's wrong. Some... I'm wrong most of the time, anyways. I think I could say with confidence that I think that uh, that they're going to win the series right here at home. There You're was welcome. Some, there were some concerning things about Game Three. I would agree with that. Part of it was that the first half was as bad of ba- as bad of basketball as I've ever seen in my life. It yes, was really hard to watch. It was really hard to watch considering the very first possession we had was a turnover that was uh, just a ball bouncing off of Enos Enos Cantor's leg. He played pretty well, though, in the game. I mean, he came on later. 
he did. Uh, Damian Lillard had a terrible first half. Uh, Aminu was your leading scorer at halftime, I believe. I mean, he was he was hitting those threes that seemed to disappear late in the game. But the problem was the Blazers never really got anything going, and the way that the Thunder wanted to play the game or the way they did play the game, they were kind of a mess. I mean, that first quarter, you kind of watch it and you go, oh, the Blazers are playing awful. Yeah. And they finished with a one-point lead. Yeah, and you know? that's what made this that, game almost that, unwatchable, yeah. dude. It, it, it was bad. Like, at halftime, I was considering just piecing out for, like, <laughs> five minutes and seeing if something else was on and then coming back to it. And, you know, I, I hate to play into fans' frustrations here, but... No, you don't. That's one of your favorite things to do. Yeah, you're right. I do. Okay. Um, the officiating was awful. It, it really it, was. It was. It made it very difficult. It to was watch. absolutely terrible. And I know that fans say that all the time as an excuse for losing. But I mean, from an objective standpoint, I'm even saying it on the Thunder side, dude. There were some calls that were just like, dude, let them play. That, yeah. It wasn't terrible from a standpoint of they ruined the game from a, a who won and who lost standpoint. They didn't go, oh, the Blazers got screwed and they, they should have won the game. But if not for the refs, they just made it very difficult to watch because there's a lot of plays. It was difficult because you seen Terry Stotts just kind of blowing up because there was this weird pattern of we're going to call everything except that that was pretty obvious because there was one at one point where Steven Adams was doing the nice moving screen holding Cantor's arm and then he doesn't make the call and you see Terry Stotts just absolutely lose it. There was no consistency to it and then there was no rhythm to the game. And even the third quarter where Dame kind of went nuts, it wasn't. It wasn't fluid basketball. It wasn't something you sat back and watched and go, oh, this is two great teams going at it. There were some plays where you go, oh, there's there's why Paul George and Russell Westbrook are so dangerous. You saw uh, Jeremy Grant finally hitting some shots. Ferguson was hitting shots. Uh, uh, the other guy for them who hits shots was hitting shots. Uh, Schroeder. Love was, that guy. Well, but you you saw all of their role players starting. Steven Adams, I mean, everybody around them played better because they were at home, and that's kind of what we expected. That's why they were an eight-point favorite by the time the game started. But it wasn't the, just the game aesthetically wasn't a very fun game to watch. But then this morning, I hear the national folks talking about it, and they go, this is what the first round needs. They were chippy. Yeah, I mean, they were chippy, but it was just – ugly basketball and i think even I'm van gundy was saying i listened to the national uh the uh, espn broadcast and van gundy at one point goes um and this might have been in the second quarter he goes if you're listening to this crowd right now and you're not really paying attention you think yep. portland's down by 12 or <clears throat> something which by the way uh i'm gonna throw okc up in top five most annoying crowds yeah i thought it was very annoying but right Easily. after right after van gundy said that he spent the next three quarters talking about how many points Wilt Chamberlain scored. Yes, dude, <laughs> shut up. That was so ridiculous. It was and just like trying to figure out yeah. how, like, when did he win his MVP? How dude, could James Harden not win the MVP? Has anybody ever scored that many points? And then I like, stat guy comes in and goes, yeah, all of these people Wilt did. Uh, and here's all of the people that were great scorers that didn't win the MVP. Jordan scored a ton of points and didn't win the MVP. And they just went on and on and on. And then he just, they talked about Wilt Chamberlain the rest of the game. 
kind of gives you an indication how entertaining the basketball game actually was. 55305 is the better year today text line. Uh, we have somebody who said, grew up at Old Coliseum since 76. Last night was first game I've ever seen with two backcourt violations in the first quarter, and that was yeah. alluding what to what yeah. we were talking about, dude. You just you got that feeling right from the very start that they were going to be a little bit off in the first half, and yeah. I thought they were going to come on later, but it's exactly to your point, which is in the second half, Lillard literally just came out there and goes, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. But, I'll friggin' carry you. But what happened was he did it in the third quarter, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I was I was half in amazement because him finishing at the rim against New Orleans Noel on Ooh. back-to-back possessions, and you yeah. just kind of go, holy cow. Yeah. But part of me is going, dude, slow it down. You're not going to have anything left for the f- fourth quarter. And I'm not saying it to go, I'm so smart, but it was like it was just kind of unfortunate where that wasn't a fourth-quarter performance. It was just kind of – wasted it was eh, you had a great third quarter in the middle of a game where you lost by 12 and you didn't have anything left in the fourth quarter and you you completely took your teammates out of it so anybody that was in there didn't have any rhythm I mean you saw a nice pass to to Myers where he got to do his hammer dunk and then flex on the world and then nobody else touched the ball for like eight minutes okay dude how funny was that though it was hilarious that was so (laughs) frigging hilarious I loved it he comes in for the slam and I, I got pretty jacked up. I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. And then when were you, you sta- the- were you standing up shouting, scaring your fiance? Uh, no, I was Did just you tear your shirt. Like, no, I was just sitting with the cat watching the game. And then he comes in for the dunk. And then you hear this ah! like extended. Yep. Extended scream. Yep. Last night was one of those games in the third quarter. I was like, man, I was wish, wish I was watching this with a group of people. And then the fourth quarter was like, thank God I'm not watching this with a group of people. Well, you had your old friend Jack with you. Yeah. Jack Daniels. It's ah! <laughs> clever. <laughs> it's really good. How how far are you deep? How deep are you digging into this as a predictor of the rest of the series? Because I thought that game was kind of an anomaly. The way it was played was so clunky that I don't think it gives you a good indicator. Plus, I mean, OKC, especially in the first half, where they were just hitting everything from three-point, they still didn't take a lead. I wasn't really I, – I came away less impressed with the Thunder and just – I kind of felt like it was just kind of a clunky game. And I wasn't necessarily disappointed with the Blazers. It was just kind of like, ah. They lost in a scrappy f- matchup where I felt like, you know, if they kept that momentum going from the third quarter, they could have won. But as soon as they lost it, OKC played well in the fourth. The Blazers didn't. I, I don't come away with it going, all right, the Blazers are done. Yeah, I don't really either. And a lot of people I know on Twitter were kind of pointing to um, uh, at 1080 the fan. We had a poll up at the end of the game that basically just said, what do you think? What, what do you think was the main reason that we lost? And we didn't include turnovers on one of the answers. And so yeah. everybody was like, why didn't you include turnovers? Uh, turnovers are a big deal. Actually, we committed 18 turnovers and the Thunder committed 15. Yeah, it was. It was so it's, it's really not too big of a difference. And the game really didn't come down to one possession. It just came down to basically that Damian Lillard could not continue to score at an insane rate. Like, well, they sat uh, him to start the fourth. And, yeah, and then which was kinda, an okay rotation yeah. thing, I think, because then you had to really put the ball in CJ's hands and you had to say, all right, dude, you got to you got to maintain. I mean, you got to maintain this thing within yep. two to three points here so we can give Dame some rest and he needed it. And. I mean, you you just need some production out of guys like Seth Curry. You need production out of guys like Zach Collins. I thought he did a pretty good job last night uh, getting on the boards. He yeah. had some pretty important rebounds, but you need some offense out of him. 
Yeah, they're just again. There wasn't twenty points from the bench. What did what did Dame have in the third twenty five? Yeah, that's not good. It's it's not, and it's great to watch an individual do that. And if you do it in the fourth quarter, where you you can you know claw your team back. The problem is, I just think it kills any momentum you have with the rest of the team, and that's your Rodney Hood, that's Aminu, that's Seth Curry. Getting those guys involved, and that's something Dame's done so well this year, and it just was missing there. Uh, is there a more unfitting haircut for a person than Nerlens Noel? I actually like his haircut. Are you joking me? What do you mean? Dude, if you are over 6'5", I don't think you should be allowed dreads. Why not? Because I tall guys great. with dreads, it doesn't work. Oh, it absolutely works. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, Julio Jones is teetering well, on it. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and it works, but it no. looks a little weird. No, Nerlens Noel looks nope. like a space alien. Yes, absolutely he does. But I don't think that's a bad thing. He looks like one of the Monstars, and he should. He used to have the flat top, and I was just like, come on. You can do better than that. Yeah, the Predator haircut. Yeah, go nuts. No. Yes, run it down the middle of your back saying don't cut that thing keep it going what's 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 worse or better what's better okay the mo harkles headband mm-hmm. that was there some of the time and not there some ninja the headband ninja headband or nerland's noel because <sighs> i feel like you hate the i like both I'm i feel actually, like you hate the ninja headband now i'm okay with a ninja headband I, I i just wasn't a fan of it on Kyrie irving and I know that's kind of been the trend this NBA season is to go with like the whole. Is everything's style. good until Kyrie does it? Yeah, kind oh. of. <laughs> Dude, I just think New Orleans Noel just looks awkward yeah. AF. Yes. Like, so why not have a bad haircut? It's 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 you know what it's like it's like Chief. He had the little spindly like uh, yeah. little things sticking out. He's got now he's got the braids. Yeah. Or whatever it is, dude. That guy, no offense, mm. is not one of the most attractive people I've ever seen. Chief Aminu? Chief Aminu. You think, how do you think he's, he's, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, you, you really have to bank on people are going to know you're Aminu if you're going to come up to women and hit on them. If you well, are Chief Aminu. Listen, listen, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. He's not my type. But when he does his haircut a little bizarre, go nuts, buddy. You are a unique individual. You know what I mean? Maybe throw some Rodman in there, get some pink, some yeah. lime green. Actually, if he if if Aminu went full Rodman and what came out with green leopard print hair, like would you be mad at him? No, I'd actually like him more. There you go. So when he does a little bit Nerlens Noel, if he goes if he goes Rodman, is no, he gonna... I won't like him. Yeah, but you don't like him anyways. He plays for the Thunder. There's nothing he can do. No, not really. If 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 he had that haircut on the Blazers. And played cont- minutes and contributed off the bench. Oh my god, you'd love him, dude. You'd that we him. would do that too. I know you would Pick do that. I, hey, listen, I already like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that like. was kind of the thing we did when we got Hashim to beat when we cleaned house. It was like, well, he doesn't cost a lot. We need to put a living person on the floor. So, <laughs> point to Ennis Cantor. I mean, and he's kind of that guy. Uh, yeah. Well, no. I mean, he's he's a good contributor. Yes, I understand. Nerlens Noel played steal. a nice game. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I didn't cost anything. We also offered him a max deal too. Yeah. So yeah, listen, we 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 picked him up as a steal, and it seems like a good move because Nurk went down. But it's not all that different than signing Nerlens Noel. Dude, if we sign Nerlens Noel, that's when I know things are going bad. <laughs> well, like when we get when we signed <laughs> Seth Curry, I started to kind of think that I was like, ooh, that's hmm, that's Shabazz really Napier. all we can get. Shabazz Napier last year. 
Yeah, that was all set. Uh, but I feel like that every year when we sign free agents, I'm like, well, uh, uh, really? Here comes Nick Stauskas. Remember, he was the hottest thing in Portland since uh, Luke Babbitt. Luke Babbitt, yeah. Yeah, right? But he came in. He, Nick Stauskas, remember the first couple games? He was going to lead us to the promised land. He was going to be the difference maker. We shipped him out midseason. 55305, who was the most random free agency pickup the Blazers have ever had? I think that is a very good question. Uh, I have an answer for you, and he's fat, and he plays for the Thunder. Obviously. Let's look at the rest of the NBA playoffs, uh, and then we've got some football talk this hour. We'll do baseball in the next hour, a lot more Blazers. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back. Luke Anderson, Will Darkins. Here with you on a Saturday morning, catching you up from your Blazers hangover last night. They got one more game in OKC before they head back to Portland. They'll play that tomorrow. Expect the same results tomorrow night when the Blazers, tomorrow afternoon, take on the Thunder. Tomorrow night. What time is it? 6.30. Today. It is 6.30. Yeah. Okay. Thank goodness, by the way. You don't like the 12.30? Nah, I'm not a fan of the noon tip. Kind of weird. I like it. Messes my day up. Yeah, fair enough. So, you expect the same results, or you expect a little bit of a bounce back? Um, I, I expect, hmm, I, I don't want to say complete bounce back, because I think the Thunder will ride in a good amount of energy, and they will ride in a good amount of momentum from this win. It was a good win for them, honestly. Yeah. Uh, fourth quarter, really everything came together for them. Uh, the only thing, if I was the Thunder, that I would be concerned about is the fact that it doesn't seem like Paul George is getting better. I know yeah. he scored 20-something points, but that guy sucks, dude, and he is hurt. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not saying that like... Wait, 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 wait. He sucks because he's hurt or he sucks and he also happens to be hurt? Well, yeah, maybe I should have said he (laughs) sucks because he hurts. He he seriously does suck right now. I I mean, he's he's not at full strength. No, he's not at full strength. And you saw early in the game that he was really trying to make pretty big attempts to get to the rim, get in the paint, you know, really penetrate. And they were showing that on the national broadcast too where they were trying to just show you that, hey, you know... He, he's really changing his game up from uh, the first two. But, I mean, as the game went along, you could just see those shoulders were not holding up. And each one of his shots just looked worse. He does have a pretty good strategy, though. He got to the line a lot, yep. and that helped. And he can still make his free throws. But, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of it's going to hinge on Paul George being able to contribute that 20-something points. Well, I think the big thing, too, though, is if you looked at the the rest of the starters, I think it was, everybody else was in double digits. Um, so having contributions, I mean, you've seen everybody making threes at some point during that game where I, they made more three pointers in game three than they did in game one and two combined. I mean, so that, that makes a big difference when you have the role players. And that's, that's something we, we talk about constantly, especially in the playoffs, how at home, it makes it a lot easier for your role players. And I don't think that was different for the thunder last night. So let's take a look around the association, uh, tonight, You've got uh, Milwaukee and Detroit playing game three. It looks like Milwaukee is just going to steamroll the Pistons. Dude, those games have been so much fun to watch. Watching Giannis just yam on dudes. Like, (laughs) I I mean, it is not even a game. It is. And I know Blake Griffin's out, and that's kind of an excuse. But at the same time, I I cannot wait for the Eastern Conference Finals because those dudes are making it, and I kind of think that you're going to get a matchup of the Raptors and Giannis. Well, but think about round two. 
It's going to be the Celtics, who also just took a 3-0 lead. And yeah. They have the opportunity for Milwaukee to take a 3-0 lead right now. The Celtics look like the team that we thought they would be all year right now. And maybe that's Indiana, but the Celtics are getting contributions from everybody, and they look like that collection of great talent that we saw. And it's like Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown get the ball, and they just seem to have so much confidence. And then, of course, you have Kyrie Ir Irving, who is a finisher. And, and Gordon Hayward, he seems to be fine with whatever role he has. So you've got this this balance that Danny Ainge has created out there, and it seems to be clicking on all cylinders. Could be the opponent, but that's your round two matchup. I think that's fantastic. I think so, too, but you got to think about matchups, right? Playoffs are all about matchups, and that's why I'm waiting for uh, – that's why I'm waiting for the Eastern Conference Finals because I think that's going to be the first actual, like, difficult matchup Giannis is going to have against Kawhi Leonard because I think they're going to give Kawhi Leonard the challenge of, hey, dude – you go one-on-one -on -one with this guy, and let's see what happens. Now, if they can win and go to the finals, and then you got KD guarding on Giannis, I Ooh. think that makes an intriguing game because KD is somebody on the Warriors where they hide him a lot on defense. Yeah, He plays his fair amount of defense, but in the fourth quarter, dude, they hide that guy in the corner and let him just score. Yeah, but don't they have better defenders that they would put on Giannis, uh, Iguodala or Draymond? Or I they... don't think he can keep, dude. Yeah, but Iguodala if... couldn't keep up with LeBron last year. They had to keep switching. Well, they but that's what they do is they keep switching is they they play defense by committee. But Durant doesn't seem like a guy that if you need to stop a big powerful seven footer because that guy just drives so effortlessly. You see the two steps af after half court and dunk it from the free throw line. Scary. I mean, give me a break. But the Eastern Conference playoffs seem to be, I don't know, maybe the more interesting side, at least right now. Um, I mean, you've got, I guess you're going to have a series with the Blazers and the Thunder. I know that a lot of people were hopeful that it would be a quick series for the Blazers. You'll probably end up having six or seven games between Denver and San Antonio. But I think even with the Clippers winning one game, I think that's a walkthrough. I think you're going to end up with another second round series where you've got the Rockets and the Warriors playing in round two because of Anthony Simons, of all people, going bananas against the Kings and put the Blazers in the three spot, puts the thun uh, the Rockets in the four. So now that's your second round matchup. I think those are great. Um, you did mention the Nuggets and the Spurs. And let me just say, there is I literally can't think of a more bo boring series right now. The best thing about that series right now is Jamal Murray's T-shirts. Yes. That's it. He it's boring. It sucks because it's the Spurs and the Nuggets. Everybody on a national stage who didn't watch them this year are figuring out finally that, yeah, they score a lot and they were one of the best offenses in the league, but they're kind of like the Spurs in that <laughs> they do everything as a system. So it's two systems up against each other and there's absolutely no excitement. Nicole Jokic is just playing like crap. Nikola. Nikola, yeah. Nicole. Oh, Nicole. I think that's what you said. I might have. I don't know. Who knows? He's hot. Nicole. Uh, for anybody, not Nicola, Nicole. Okay. He's hot. Nicole is super hot. Yeah. That guy is uh, not the most exciting player I've ever seen. No, he's very good. I, yeah. yeah I, I mean, he was great during the season. It's just like, well, yeah, but he doesn't add a whole lot of pizzazz. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, dominate with style. He's, he's, you know, uh, he's a big European with a good passer, good scorer. Eh, not really exciting. No. Um, if you did miss the Jamal Jamal Murray t-shirt thing, it was pretty funny. Uh, so after the game two, he showed up wearing an NBA Jam t-shirt that was basically the characters drawn out of him. And Jokic was on the team. I'm not sure who else. But Charles Barkley was bashing him because he said, 
after you play a game where you perform that poorly, you're not allowed to wear a T-shirt with your own face on it. <laughs> and then he showed up for Thursday night's game wearing Charles Barkley's face on his shirt. So Charles came out and guaranteed a Nuggets win. Of course, they did win. So, Dude, see, this is why the NBA, to me, it really is the king of professional sports leagues. It's, yeah, but it's not. I mean, you know, like, as far as revenue goes, it sits in yeah, a, in in a distant of, third behind Major League Baseball. But in terms of likability, I, I just there's nothing more interactive and awesome about the NBA than stuff like that. Like they're so social media conscious, like everybody is so easy to contact and so easy to I don't know, interact with like Kevin Durant. He made friggin' burner accounts to respond to fans. Well, well, like, that's not what he says. Yeah. He made a burner account. He made, he made a second account so he could talk anonymously, anonymously with his friends. Cause he travels a lot. Just wanted to keep in touch. Very innocent and move. It had nothing to do with the fans. He just forgot to switch his accounts. Dude, but this innocent is why, mistake. This is why <laughs> the NBA to me is, is going to be a league that I think lasts. Is one that you don't have the uh, health concerns of the NBA, and two, you don't have NFL. the boredom. Or I'm sorry, yeah, uh, the NFL, and two, you don't have the boredom concerns of baseball, where they're literally trying to employ rules to get pitchers to pitch faster. Because yeah. there's a whole generation of dudes like me who are like, okay, I, I can't sit here for three hours and watch this. Yeah, I get that, but if it was two hours and fifty four minutes, you're still not watching it. I mean, you you get a baseball game down to like. The fact that you're not interested in baseball, speeding it up a half an hour is not going to save you that boredom. That's the stupid thing about it. Making it a 40-game season isn't going to draw a bunch more people into the games at the same rate that would make up for not having those other 80 games or whatever the hell they decide to cut off. Here's the thing about the NBA that I find uh, interesting is that your personalities that cover it on TNT are so interactive. Everything you just said, I'm putting that around Charles Barkley and Kenny and Shaq, and I just go, dude, those guys get how this league works. So does Bleacher Report. They do, but I watched ESPN last night. I don't think they get it. Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, to me, are a tough listen. It's kind of hard. There goes that man. It's like, dude, I get that that's your catchphrase. Yeah. But shut up. And, and then and Van, Gundy, Van Gundy is, like we yeah. talked about earlier, he's talking about Wilt the entire game, and it's just like, okay, pay attention to the game. And then you go to the studio show, and it just it doesn't, they're trying to be the TNT guys, but they're just not. Well, and I think they, they invested their chips wrong in Paul Pierce. I like I, Paul I, Pierce. I would say Jalen Rose as well. Yeah, I, I like Paul Pierce. I think he's great, yeah. but I just, not for that role. Jalen Rose, it, to me, is like a sound clip machine, and they have him talking in long form, and it doesn't work. Yeah, but the whole they the ESPN broadcast misses on a lot of levels for me, and it makes it, I don't know. There There is all of the potential for that, but I think having former players that go in and speak honestly and aren't afraid to be wrong is what TNT does so right, and Ernie does such a good job balancing it all out. And ESPN hasn't quite found that formula. So there's a lot of good that the NBA has, but sometimes it can be really annoying. Yeah, and I just And love last Kevin. night was one of those games. And I love Kevin Harlan Fair on enough. TNT. Yeah. Dude, favorite play-by-play guy. Yeah. And actually, he's great on Monday Night Football, too, on the radio. He's really good. Yeah, I've listened to that broadcast more than once. And then you get home, and you're like, oh, here's Jason Witten. <laughs> and Booger in the Booger Mobile. Boo!
Cougar. Yeah. Jason Witten. Well, speaking of Monday Night Football, we do have some news and notes from the NFL. We will do a collection of those stories next. But first, we have to go to the news. At my side. Couple things before we get into some NFL talk. One is actually related to the NFL on Thursday. Did you know it's the NFL draft? What? Yeah, first round of the NFL draft starts at 6 p.m. And you can get on live Thursday. coverage on 910 ESPN Portland. Well, that sounds exciting, but I will say, and uh, I mean, you know this about me. I've never been a fan of primetime. That's Souk. I mean, Isaac. Ugh. Yeah. They do a really good job covering the draft. Souk is always dead on. And uh, I've done this the last couple years where I've gone back and forth listening to the ESPN coverage and Souk's predictions and analysis. Uh, try to do that. He does an incredible job of uh, of covering the draft and kind of what the needs are. So I will say, even though I hate those guys, that's the one show of the year that's worth listening to. Well, not only that, when they break in for picks, uh, they usually do like a fart noise or something like that. Yeah, that's which, always fun. Which is... Which is weird because they never do fart noises. Yeah, so it's something they do special yeah. just for that show. And here's the other thing. They will actually be live out at Kingpins in Beaverton. They've already selected all of their general managers for the uh, draft where you have a chance to win a television. But what happens almost inevitably every year is somebody can't make it at the last minute. So if you want to go out to Kingpins in Beaverton, uh, the festivities start around 4 o'clock. Um, you can go in, grab a drink, get a seat. If you want to be one of the uh, backups, you can do that. But... <laughs> The other big news is the golf tournament is on sale. That is the Fan Golf Classic. It is presented by Cooney Lexus of Portland. It's out at Langdon Farms, 18 holes. Uh, they do three rounds for you listeners. This is the first time they're doing three rounds. You can do the 7.30 a.m. round on Monday, June 24th or 1.30 on the same day, or you can do a 1.30 round on June 25th. Just go to portlandperks.com. And you can buy your foursome or as an individual. And are you going to play in it this year? I am not going to play in it what? this year. I am uh, not a golf person. How do you say golfer? <laughs> Did I ever tell you that story about how I played in a uh, like a celebrity quote unquote? I'm using air quotes <laughs> oh, here. I hope so. No, I'm using air quotes. Celebrity golf tournament. Um, so I had this uh, teammate Alex Lennon call who he uh, got in connection with this golf course out in Eugene where they wanted to set up an event where it was ducks and beavers playing with some boosters. And so he got a few of the dudes together and somebody bailed out and he called me and he said, Hey, would you mind uh, filling in for this golf thing tomorrow? And I was like, dude, I don't know how to play golf. I don't want to embarrass myself. He goes, Oh, you don't need to. It's not really a big deal. Seriously. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, okay, I don't, I don't have anything to do tomorrow. So that's fine. So I go there and like Jeremiah Masoli is there and like some of the other like big name duck dudes are there yeah. and like some of the big name Oregon state dudes are there. And then there's just me. You get paired up with Terry Baker and, Dude, I had to go with these guys that really knew how to play golf. Yeah. I I was using borrowed clubs and I hadn't played since I was like 6. Yeah, it's not a it's not a good feeling. No. Golf is one of those things that will destroy you when you know how to play golf, but when you have no clue what you're doing, first of all, everybody feels way better than you because you don't nobody, nobody keeps track of other people's score when you're just trying to hit the ball off the ground. It's a terrible feeling. Dude, I had to tee off because they thought that would be a good idea. The group I was with, these three guys, they were like, oh, yeah, why don't you start us off? I was like, yeah. oh, crap. <laughs> and I get there, and in my head, I'm, like, lining up the shot, and I just go, all right, I'm just going to hit this as hard as I can. <laughs> 
just friggin' beeline to the like 90 degrees to the right. Like it didn't yeah. even get anywhere near the green. <laughs> and uh, I, I like hold my pose afterwards in my backswing and I'm looking and I can't even see it anywhere. And the guy behind me after about like 10 seconds goes, yeah, you shanked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's something about, like everybody will forgive you for a bad shot, but not being able to make contact with the ball is. Yeah, it's not nah, it's scary. It's not fun. Uh, so early this week, the Seattle Seahawks were on a deadline. Ooh, and it wasn't tax day. It was sign <laughs> Russell Wilson now or never, ever sign him, bro. Did you see how hyperbolic the conversations got going into that midnight deadline? Yeah, there was like two sources that were saying that like, yeah, well, they're Peter just, King was one of them. Yeah, they're expecting that he's not going to sign. Well, and it was and it was if he doesn't sign, he's going to play out this year. You're going to be able to franchise him twice, but you'll never be able to sign him to a long term contract. And it's funny because we talked about it on Saturday and I hadn't up until Saturday because I kept a close eye on it. I root for the Seahawks and, it, you know, it's obviously a big story in the NFL when you have one of the best players in football waiting to be signed. But I didn't see anything that gave any indication that it was a, a final deadline. He just didn't want to go into offseason uh, camp without and and continue into contract negotiations. It's, it sounded like me to me that it was one of those things where it was, Hey, if we can get to the, you know, the start of camp and if we can't get a deal, then we'll just wait until next year. And then all of a sudden on Sunday and Monday, it turned into, yeah, this is looking really bad. Russell Wilson has all of these demands and it just started spiraling out of control where he needs to be guaranteed a percentage of the salary cap every year moving forward. He's not looking for a number. Da, 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 da. Then the contract comes out and it's like, oh yeah, he's the richest paid, highest paid quarterback for now. And he's getting X number of dollars for however many years. And yeah, it's $35 million and it's absolutely crazy. But at the same time, I think kind of what everybody expected. Well, I think you get into these certain situations where people make deadlines and somebody like Russell Wilson, at least from the fan perspective, most would think, well, he's not going to do something, you know, effed up like that. Yeah. He's not going to do something where, you know, he's holding the team hostage and then, you know, he doesn't want to play games if he doesn't get signed and he'll sit out and, you yeah. know, do a Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but I, I think the reason it became so kind of so tense was because I think he had all of the leverage, which was pretty much, hey, I am the most talented quarterback in the league. Aaron Rodgers Ooh, might have that. Look at you. No, really, though, because no, Aaron, hey, Aaron Rodgers took a step back this season. And okay. if you just think about Russell Wilson's talents and who he is physically and uh, as a decision maker, as a quarterback, he's probably the most talented quarterback in the league. I will say one of his the the most valuable things Russell Wilson does is he doesn't get hurt either. No. And the way the style that he plays screams of of injury prone. And Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton are guys that have not stayed healthy, and he's never missed a game. Well, not only that, he's a smart guy and somebody who you know, even if you got him on your team, there would be absolutely no learning period. He'd sure. get the playbook, but then, like, you know, 60% of what he does is improvised. Nah, I don't know if it's 60%. Cool, dude. Okay. It looks it looks like he he's kind of okay. going off the playbook. Uh, okay, let's let's go but say I, it's 60%. I think that uh, that was really the concern for fans and for media was that or at least local media here was that this was a guy who has a wife that is in the entertainment industry and there was rumors that she really wanted to live in New York 
And I, I think that just kind of got to the point where you said, yeah, I think he might start to think about money more. He has a Super Bowl. He has a place in Seattle football history where he's going to be able to come back at the end of his career and people will still like him. I think if he would have left, I don't think Seahawks fans really, really would have held much against him. I think he'd get two years where they're pissed off, but at the end of it, he's going to come back there and people are going to welcome yeah, him. Yeah, but with the way the NFL's set up, it's funny because it wasn't going to be he leaves, he, he doesn't sign and he's gone. It would have been, well, he has to play out this year's contract, then they can franchise him and he'll make $34 million. You don't think they would have tried to trade him? No, not 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 immediately. You, you you go out there and you play through a year. I don't think he's going to do the Le'Veon Bell thing, like you said. It's it's not. You don't think there, maybe there's not an overuse thing that you see because Le'Veon Bell's big thing was like, dude, you guys are running me like 35 times a game. This is going to kill my body. I I need to be compensated at a higher clip than what you're doing. And we've seen Adrian Peterson was on the the commissioner's exempt list for a year and came back. And it didn't set him back. I think as a quarterback, you only have so many years to to play. And I I realize that the window is longer for superstar quarterbacks. And you see Drew Brees and and uh, Tom Brady playing into their forties. But I think I think those years are just so much more valuable for a quarterback. Plus, there's a lot more money on the line. I mean, he's getting paid a ton. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think you would see the same thing. I I kind of was getting a sinking feeling that the Seahawks might start to think about that and that they might have, like, tagged their guy, maybe even a situation where you start talking with Arizona. I don't know, man. No, you never Because if it got to that point where he goes, no, I need to get paid this much, and you look at the entire team. Because if you look at the team, dude, he's like one of those players where it's almost a similar situation like it is in Green Bay where you're going to have to pay him and make him the highest paid player in the NFL, and the rest of your roster is going to go kind of by the wayside. You're going to have to rely on young talent to come in, and you're going to have to capture those two-year windows where you have rookie contracts, and then they're going to demand more money. You're going to have to let them go. Yeah, but they're already, in, they're, already, they're already in that cycle. It's a vicious they, cycle. Yeah, but they're already in it. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've already gone youth on the defensive side of the football. Russell Wilson has completed more passes to undrafted wide receivers than he has drafted wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, the, the Seahawks are already built that way. Uh, it, it's, it's funny because you just got caught up into the same trap that I was surprised by on Sunday and Monday of last week is here you are retroactively going, man, if you didn't sign – it's it's just it's funny it's funny how we get caught up that in the NFL. So, dude, if the Seahawks like <laughs> Kyler Murray, could you imagine them doing that? How frigging amazing I, I, would that well, be? I, I don't know if it's the Seahawks, but how cool would it be to see a team just run a guy through his rookie contract, trade him off, do it again, just completely like turn into a quarterback development and just trade them off for a couple first round picks every other year. Yeah. I'm waiting for the Raiders. The, the NFL draft is interesting to me for two things is, is Derek Carr a Raider at the end of uh, the NFL draft is Josh Rosen, a Arizona Cardinal at the end of it. The, the quarterback position has me the most intrigued. Derek Carr, obviously very different position where he was one of the top, five or six paid quarterbacks in the league at the start of last year. And Justin Rosen still on a rookie contract. I wonder well, if, if they both get traded, which one would be more valuable? I think I'd have to go with Rosen there. Don't know. Car car has shown his cards. He's as good as he's going to be. That's kind of it. But it's been, he's had really good years and then he got hurt going to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it's time for Good versus Evil. Uh, we will do that next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan.
Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. Just really accept what's happening. And, uh, you know, keep moving. Put it behind me and keep moving. Uh, I'll be ready tomorrow. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of positive things going on. Uh, you know, I got off to a great start. So I'm going to continue to work and uh, keep getting better. Uh, flush this. That was athlete getting scolded for acting like an athlete, Tim Anderson. During the White Sox-Royals game Wednesday, the Chicago's shortstop hit a two-run homer and flung his bat like a human being full of testosterone who wishes to express excitement. Next time up, the pitcher beamed him in the butt. A A fight ensued. Both players were tossed since then. Tim Anderson has now a one-game suspension. There's a little bit of the uh, about what is he getting suspended for? Do you think uh, Anderson did anything wrong? Uh, apparently, there was uh, some language that is uh, strongly discouraged that he was using. Maybe a word that starts. It was with the N word. The letter N. Um, he said NASCAR, and they're like, "We don't want any of that here." So. Listen, it's baseball. It's a one-game suspension. They play 162. The pitcher got a five-game suspension, which equates to a one-game suspension for a starting pitcher, so it's you miss one start. It, it, it's funny because there's still that kid in me that get like that saw his first bench-clearing brawl at a game and was like, that is awesome. That absolutely loved this part of the game, but beating guys for bat flips when guys throw it 100 miles an hour, it, there's a part of me that as, I, I don't know if it's being a parent or an adult, but you go, come on, morons. He flipped his bat. He had a home run off of you. You gave up the home run. Maybe we should get rid of some of these unwritten rules. You'd hate to see somebody get really hurt with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball to the chin. But I love the bench curling brawl. For some reason, that doesn't worry me. And I see Ovechkin lay out a 19-year-old kid in a hockey game. And I'm like, that is awesome. But I'm like, don't throw the baseball at people so hard. I don't know what it is in me that has this turmoil. Did everyone start texting you right away? Like, what did LeBron yeah, say? Yeah, everybody said me. LeBron everybody say? wanted to know. <laughs> gotcha. And did you tell them? Did you tell them? It's been a year. I you tell can't nobody. tell them. Wow. <laughs> so I, I respect until he gives me permission to say what happened. Then. <laughs> I respect it. I respect yeah. it. Damn, that's loyal. That was Monstar Extra from the movie Space Jam, who's come to life and sucks at shooting, Lonzo Ball. He's talking about LeBron James. Mark Stein is reporting that as the Lakers search for a new head coach, some people in the organization are getting worried that if they hire Tyron Lue, LeBron... I thought you were going to say LeVar Ball. No. <laughs> if they hire Tyron Lue, LeBron James will have too much control. Now, Lue coached LeBron to a championship in Cleveland. Monty Williams and former guy who you forgot was a blazer at one point, Juwan Howard have been mentioned as potential suitors for the head coaching position, but do you think the Lakers should stick to the list of candidates they have or maybe venture out for some young blood? I don't know. If the Blazers have taught us, or the Blazers, if the Lakers have taught us anything over the last, I don't know, decade or so, it's that they make the wrong decision at every turn. You get LeBron James to sign as a free agent, and somehow you screw that up. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering who's in the wrong there, though. Yep, but you know what? I'm just going to blame it on all of them. I don't know <laughs> what the easy solution is to this. 
you want to keep LeBron James happy so that he'll put in max effort because he's the guy that's going to drag your team to a championship. But I don't know how easy the path is through the Western Conference anyways, and I don't know if that's the right strategy to get past the Warriors. My fear, though, is that what I really think is going to happen is they're going to screw up the whole thing. I think the Warriors blow up at the end of the year, and I think whatever LeBron does next year is going to show better results, and we're going to call it a stroke of genius. I just think that the power is going to shift in the Western Conference, which will give them more opportunity to succeed. I don't think it will because will be because the Blazers made or the yeah, I did it again. The Lakers made what the a hell's start wrong decision. With you? I don't know. Everybody's wearing Blazers hats in here. The Lakers are stupid. Whatever decision they make will probably be wrong, but they have LeBron James, so it could end up working out right. This is essentially an eight-week injury for Cousins. And by the time teams get to late June and then into free agency in early July, they're going to have a very good sense of whether Cousins has fully recovered, and there's no reason to believe that he won't. That was 42-year-old guy your 17-year-old daughter brings home, Adrian Wojnarowski. The Golden State Warriors lost in game two of their series against the Clippers on Monday night, and almost as worse as the loss, the surprise loss, I should say, was losing DeMarcus Cousins to a torn quad early in the game. The Warriors will obviously be okay moving on to round two, but do you think Cousins' absence will affect their eventual series with the Rockets? Oh... The Rockets are really good, dude. They they are really good, and they went to Game 7. The only thing I worry about with the Rockets, so we're talking about injuries to the Warriors affecting it. Last year, it was an injury to the Rockets. I, I might take the Rockets in that series. The way that they're playing right now against the Jazz, the problem is you have Kevin Durant and Steph Curry that can step up and have killer games at any point. Oh, and you have a guy in Klay Thompson that uh, if, can just take over one game without dribbling the basketball. And in order to pick the Rockets, you have to trust James Harden, and I think James Harden alone. Obviously, Chris Paul can contribute, but I, you have three guys for the Warriors that can take over a game, I think, at any point, and you have one guy that has to do it all in the Rockets, and it's not a new system that they're facing. So I'll take the Warriors, but I think that'll be a great series. It's kind of unfortunate it's in the second round. Yeah. I mean, we kind of knew that going in. Uh, I mean, once the Blazers won and they got the three seed, it was kind of like, okay, so the real big challenge in the Western Conference is going to be that second round. Well, yeah, but you just hope they kill themselves and go to game seven. And if whoever whoever comes out of the other side, if it, if it is the Blazers, you want them to do it with as yeah, little effort gonna get as possible. They're going to get crushed by either of them. Well, unless they come out chipped up and exhausted. The only, only chance you got is how you beat the Clippers a few years ago. All right, time for my favorite story, and this one comes from Ohio. That's, wait, not Florida? No. Oh, interesting. Are you ready for this one? Yes. Customer threw iguana at a restaurant manager, police say. Authorities say a customer at an Ohio restaurant pulled out a turquoise iguana from under his shirt, swung it around, and threw it at the manager. We should continue this story or Wait. before continuing this story, let you know that the iguana is okay. Okay. So a turquoise iguana is a real thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Please say the Madison man walked into Perkins restaurant. I love that place. <laughs> about 30 miles outside Northeast Cleveland on Tuesday. He laid down in a booth, threw a menu at a waitress, then threw the lizard at the manager who tried to talk to him. Did he, was this premeditated? 
Authorities did not say what provoked the attack. Yeah. I mean, if you obviously he's bringing his iguana into the restaurant. Well, he brought it under the shirt. So you would think, yeah, this is premeditated. Yeah, like if it's just your iguana, you're probably and you're not planning an attack. You're probably just letting him sit on the shoulder. And then if they kick you out, they kick you out. Yeah. I wonder what kind of drugs he was on. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Some disassociative. Like, he was just in the beginning phases of PCP. Okay. Not the angry phase. Oh, well, he was in the angry phase. He threw his iguana. When he walked in, he was not in the angry phase. And all of a sudden, it kicked in. He just switched. Yeah, he was more in the phase of, like, this is fun. This is cool. Like, me and Gary, my iguana, are just coming in. and Gary iguana. Yeah, Gary the iguana. Okay. Uh, Records show bond has been set at $10,000 for Arnold Teeter. Amazing name. I don't think anybody's paying to get Mr. Teeter out of the uh, the poke. Oh, police say the iguana named Copper oh. has a fractured leg, but he'll be all right. <gasps> fractured leg. Now that's animal cruelty. Now PETA's going to be mad at him, not just Perkins. When you have Perkins and PETA coming down on you, I don't think that's a good combination. No, not really. Though, I mean, is there a more random animal that can get thrown at you? I would think a ferret would be pretty random. Really? I don't know. Ferret? Yeah, I, I would be more surprised if somebody threw a mammal than a than a reptile. I don't know, dude. Yeah. A ferret? I mean, that's okay. Like, yeah, but maybe people, people with reptiles, they're a little, you know, kooks to start. Yeah. I feel like people that own mammals love them. They're cuddle pets. What if it was something just, like, ridiculous and somebody somehow had, like, masterfully hidden a husky under their uh, jacket, and then they just threw an entire husky at you? I don't know. I mean, a domesticated dog, though. I mean, that seems pretty standard. That's just like, oh, cute dog. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look at the puppy. Um, Yeah, I can't think of what else. Maybe a tortoise. Bird. Yeah, a bird. Oh, a bird would be jarring, dude. If If somebody somebody threw threw a cockatoo at you. Oof. Yeah, all of a sudden here comes, and it's it's just talking trash as it comes at you. I'm coming to get you. coming to get you in the face. (laughs) Watch your eyes. Or maybe a snake. I could also think if you throw a hawk at somebody, that would be re- really jarring. Yeah, I think I think bird and reptile more, uh, yeah, more likely to be thrown at you though. I think than than mammal. Somebody on the Better You Today text line five five three zero five says a prairie dog, and that would Ooh. be incredibly dangerous because then once it gets a hold of you, it'd start digging. <laughs> it'd start digging, dude. And uh, you know, you better hope you have a coat on because it might get into skin. Well, you know what a nutria is? Yeah, they're a pest. Yeah, they're they're a, they're a giant rodent. They're basically a beaver with a rat tail. Ooh, you don't want a nutria thrown at you. That golf, might yeah. There's a golf course I play that's littered with nutria. They don't really bother you. you. Just hang out on the edge of the water, but you go looking for your ball, and you're like, oh, what was that? And you're like, oh, it's a giant beaver with a rat tail. That's a nutria. Somebody throws a nutria at you. I don't think you want any part of that. All right, that's Good versus Evil. It's brought to you by our friends at 808. They are the titan of Hawaiian restaurants at 2454 East Burnside or 50. Second and Woodstock. You need to go to 808 tomorrow and pick up some Hawaiian food. Place is fantastic. Yeah. Now throwing Hawaiian food at somebody, especially from 808, that's all right, Luke. <laughs> You'd be like, "Wow, that's delicious!" Whoa, thank you. Wow, macaroni salad. Uh, nom, 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 nom. We'll get back into the Blazers, back into the NBA playoffs. We've got some baseball talk for you, and we will tell you what to watch. All of that in hour two. You're listening to the Center and the Saint. On 1080 the This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.